Hey there, welcome to Isometric, a gaming podcast from a different perspective. I'm Steve Lubitz, and I'm here with our panel, uh, starting with Head of Development at Giant Space Cat, makers of the upcoming Revolution 60, Brianna Wu. How you doing, Bri? What's crack a Oh, good. I'm glad we got back to that, because I was, uh, I was worried after last week where we, we kind of got off track. And All for you, wanna... Steve. <laughs> we, we need to have consistency so we know, what we're, we know what we're doing here. We have assistant games editor at Pace Magazine, Maddie Myers. How you doing, Maddie? I'm doing pretty good, Steve. And a reviewer from iMore and host of the Zen and Tech podcast, Georgia Dow. Pandas forever. <laughs> <laughs> and Black Belt. Like, can we can we add Georgia's you know, ninja bona fides to the show? To, like, to her <laughs> Maybe intro? we should just yeah. all be introduced according to which martial art. <laughs> right. I, I like that idea. That's, that's a good like, idea. We could just do a martial arts podcast instead of a video game podcast. If you were thinking about writing Georgia negative feedback, you should know. <laughs> what was it, Georgia? Like, what's your background in this? Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Right. So if you've seen, like, Eddie in Tekken, like, that's what Georgia will do to you. So don't write her angry letters. I look a little bit like him, too, so... Oh, really? Wow. Yeah. Polygonal? It's the chest hair. (laughs) (laughs) Scary. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm just going to imagine you breakdancing, like, through the whole show now, so... You should just see me dance. That's all I have to say. Okay. Well, how do you know she's not? I mean, she could be breakdancing the I whole could. time, and, and she could have been breakdancing for the whole three episodes, and you wouldn't know. I mean, that's just how awesome jujitsu is. Well, that's true. That's true. That is true. <laughs> All right, so let's, so let's get into it. So I guess the big news of the week this week was that Watch Dogs came out yeah. and apparently did pretty well for Ubisoft. It was the most copies of games that they ever sold during its first 24 hours, so it was kind of... They, it had a bit of a rocky launch. It was uh, delayed from... It was, it was supposed to come out at the end of last year. Is that right? Am I remembering that right? I thought it was supposed to come out about three months ago, or am I, I mistaken the beginning about of this that? Year, no? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like and it was so it came out for everything except for the Wii U because nothing comes out for the Wii U anymore. It was actually announced for the Wii U originally, and then they they backed off of that. And <laughs> I don't know if they're going to come out for that or not, but they probably don't need to. They had a li- a couple of hiccups over the over the launch. <laughs> couple. I mean, there's the game itself, which we can get to, but they had a couple of, of hiccups, first of which is that apparently, the, uh, according to Ben Kachera of Polygon, the, the performance on PC is for crap. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, they're, they're optimizing for console, but you would think that PC, even with the PS4 and the Xbox One, you would think that they would still be optimizing for PC, and it sounds like it's just... It, it, he's got screen tearing and all kinds of horrible, horrible stuff on ATI cards and cr- just crashing and blue screening. Flickering. Yeah, that sounds like the kind of thing that... I mean, I know it's got to be difficult to to test a PC game on, on every platform and every configuration. Yeah, well, especially something like this is so visually advanced. Yeah, but you would think that at least, like, the big stuff, like, crashes and blue screens, they probably would have ironed out ahead of, ahead of launch. Maybe I mean, before yeah. a huge game, you should maybe yeah. have fixed that up by now. I'm just saying. I maybe, <laughs> sure. I, I'm not sure. I, I'm not well, a developer. maybe in true Watchdog style, somebody will create several mods for the game that will improve its performance. You just push a button on your cell phone, boom, it's, it's running so. great. I, yeah. I'm pretty sure that's how video game modding works. Right. right? <laughs> no, it's, I mean, they'll get the crash data. They'll look into the specific driver conflict. I mean, you know, Steam will deliver lots of crash log reports if that's how they got it. And they'll roll out a 1-1 one, one and fix this. I mean, this is welcome to developing for PC. Do, <laughs> does anyone else just love it when Bree does dev talk? 
That's awesome. I do. I, I'm going to re-listen it. to that again. That was just really hot. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I'm always like, wow, I understood every other word. You're so smart. <laughs> and then my eyes turn into hearts and just sparkle. <laughs> I've always kind of wondered about this, though. Like, I mean, there's so many different configurations that you could have for a PC game. I've always kind of wondered, like, what kind of... I mean, some... Obviously, Blizzard does open betas, and that kind of irons out a lot of this stuff. But for a game that's not really going to do an open beta like that, I've always wondered, like, how do you... Do you just, like, have, like, a a server room just full of computers and just every configuration you can come up with and hope that you you get, like, 90% of it? Or how do you do that? Well, I mean, part of this is, you know, like, remember what it was like in the uh, 90s when DirectX came along? And to a certain extent, like... Talking very, very generally, because this is an extremely large topic, but there are certain standards. So, you know, graphics cards and operating systems adhere to certain standards, you know, and then you hope it works and sometimes it it doesn't work. Um, So, yeah, you do test for various hardware configurations with major video cards. But the truth is, with a modern PC, it just has so many permutations. You simply can't get them all. It's, It's just impossible. Well, it's also permutations within the game, too. Yeah. Like, you can't predict what every player will do. So it's just time and money. Like, how many playtesters you have and right. how many hours they've worked before you ship and how many computers you have for them to play on. Well, that's the problem when you when you have one of these indie games with, like, a really small crew exactly. and everything else. Yeah. That there's You're probably just me. not enough, you know, beta yeah. to happen. <laughs> yeah. Um, can, I, can I read some of the Steam most helpful reviews on the game? Oh. Okay. Can I Please. read a few? Can I read a few? A, a dramatic reading? A dr- dramatic reading, of course, always. <laughs> like, why do you even ask? <laughs> my, my apologies. Oh, okay. That's all right. You're forgiven this time. <laughs> Not recommended. Three hours on record. The first mission is quite a difficult one, where you have to repeatedly try to log in the Uplay mainframe. Not recommended. <laughs> <laughs> Bank account hacked. Being. Sentient. Suckered by Ubisoft, age 27, oh. 27, occupation idiot, bank account minus $59.99. Oh. Next one, not recommended, you don't play. And my, my favorite one is uh, recommended, stole $220 from a guy who was diagnosed with cancer, 10 on 10. <laughs> that's what I look for in a video game is I want to steal from cancer patients that's that's my goal every time that I play a game right uh, well I, I wonder how many of those comment how many of those are the PC issues that that Ben Kachera was having and how much of it was you play because that's the other problem they've been having at launch is that for some reason the native system matchmaking services weren't enough. They had to insert you, their their Uplay service in the uh-huh. middle of it and apparently at least at launch and I don't know if this has been resolved or not, but certainly during the first day that it launched, people just couldn't log into Uplay, and they hmm. could log. They could launch the game wh- when they could launch the game, I suppose, without it crashing. Then they finally got to the login screen, tried to log into Uplay, and Uplay couldn't handle it. So that's cool. another kind of black eye, and and it's it's one of these things like Origin where they have to they have to have their own servers to do their own stack collection or whatever. I don't even know what they're doing because presumably they're doing some sort of matchmaking that Xbox Live and P- and uh, PlayStation Network isn't good enough that they need to put their own their own service in the middle of it too but so that was kind of keeping people from being able to play also which is not cool. so much fun. I thought they were just trying to weed out the people that are not really dedicated players. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to spend like 3 hours trying to get this game to play. 
I mean, yeah, that. that's why I don't PC game anymore. It's just a, it's a complete pain. You know, I'm an adult with a job and a credit card. I'll go buy it on console. <laughs> Thank you. Well, I mean, Steam was so, supposed to solve at least some of this. I mean, obviously, you're not yeah. going to solve hard, hardware configurations, but I mean, that's why Steam exists to handle matchmaking and this kind of stuff. And then Ubisoft's like, oh, no, your stuff isn't good enough for us. We know better. And clearly, no, you don't. Right, right. So, Maddie, have you have you played this game yet? This I have week? not. I haven't. So and I may never play it. <laughs> I've heard so many bad things that I'm kind of like, why would I? But it, it's it wasn't assigned to review it. Right. Um, Cameron Kunzelman reviewed it for Paste for us this week, and he wrote a little follow up column too. So I didn't have to play it. So I didn't, and I read Cameron's pieces, and mm-hmm. I don't know if I want to play it, but I'm willing to be talked into it, Bree, if you enjoyed it. <laughs> no, I, I read his piece too, you know, and you know, this is what I wanted to talk to you about was the, you know, the piece talking about the, the troublesome representation of women in this game. Mm-hmm. And you know how women are kind of a, a plot point and they have violence done to them and it sends men into this, this rage and they're kind of you know, more of a plot device in the game rather than actual people. And I, I read that, and it's like, on one hand, like, when I think about a game that's really going to take advantage of next-gen graphics, like, Assassin's Creed Black Flag didn't really do it. So I was really eager to, you know, play Watch Dogs and see some of their programmable shaders and some of their 4K work and, you know, some of the technical things that they've they've done for this um for this game. But on the other, I, I I saw that piece, and it's just like, this is not a game that's going to make me happy if I play it. And, yeah, I went ahead and I gave him my $60, and I tried it. It's literally, in the first 10 minutes, it's, you know, we call it a woman being refrigerated because of this Green Lantern cartoon. Wait, was it Green Lantern? Like I where so, yeah, 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 where... A comic from long ago where his girlfriend gets uh, hacked up and put in a refrigerator by a villain, and that's his motivation. Which is, it happens a lot, you know, and it yeah. sends men into this rage, and that's literally what the opening of Watch Dogs is about. So I'd say it's not great for the first few you know, minutes into it. So, Yeah, I mean, you know, it's funny, before the, that piece even came out, I read Cameron's review of just the game, and he actually didn't really talk about gender at all in the review. Mm-hmm. And um, even his review of the game didn't make it sound like it was going to be my thing. Mm-hmm. Because he was talking about how there wasn't really that much to do in the game and how, I don't know, you can speak to the the visual beauty of the game as you've seen it. And and that may be great. But if sort of the action verbs of a game aren't compelling to me, then it's hard for me to justify paying for it. And then the icing on the cake of poop, I guess, is that (laughs) apparently also the female characters get killed in quick succession. Each of them, (laughs) each woman who appears will be killed behind each door. There's a woman. So I, so that doesn't appeal to me, but, but even from the start, I was a little bit like, well, that's too bad. Cause when I first heard about this game, I was like, Oh cool. There's going to be a bunch of hacking mini games. That's, that Mm. could be cool. And now it's one button that you push to hack, you know, (laughs) that's lots of fun. We don't all have your skill. I can only really, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I was expecting the game to teach me to learn how to code, so right, right. I'm really disappointed to hear it won't. God, even <laughs> even the mini game for hacking in Skylanders is more complicated than that. You know, for me, it's more of like an equal opportunity violence against everyone. I would, I wouldn't mind it as much if if the 
the only women that are represented were pretty much just used as plot points and as things to step over instead of things to interact with. And that some of the strong characters and some of the characters that you're interacting with are not also, you know, female, strong, violent, you know, dangerous right. also characters that you're dealing with. If, if it was more equalized in that, then right. I don't think that it would be as much of an eyesore to the game. Right. And now with everything that's going on in the press... It is making news. I was I was watching just the the video for Modern Warfare. And I'm like, none of these like there's no women that you're fighting. There's no women with you know assault rif- rifles shooting back at you. It's right. I'm like that's too bad. I, which you could say you shouldn't want people to have assault rifles, and that's better. But I figure it's a sign of equality. Sure, I think Saint Row does this so well. I mean, in Saint Row. There was a point where I pimped out my nuclear power plant with (laughs) strippers on poles. (laughs) But the thing is, you're doing that, but it's so equal opportunity. And you had you had male strippers as well. There are there are like there's a scene where you're leaving a bondage club and yeah, there's a woman with a ball gag in her mouth, like dragging a cart behind her like BDSM style. And then there's a male slave doing the exact same thing right next to her. And it's, it's, it feels very equal opportunity with the with the joke. Does that make sense to you? I, it's not I like, like that's exactly yeah. how I like my depravity. Yeah. Equal. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I I think it's worth noting, though, that Saints Row is specifically created to be a joke and sort of a parody right. yeah. and to have a lot of comedy elements. I don't think we've really seen a game that has actually taken that kind of equality seriously. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you're almost saying, Maddie, that equality is a joke. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, not that I don't think Saints Row is great and hilarious. I love I love it, but it's not... It's kind of sad that we don't really see like the gritty noir narrative told from a woman's perspective yeah. like ever. <laughs> I mean Tomb Raider is like one of the only examples that I can think of even remotely recently where a male character gets hurt or like a couple male characters get hurt and they kind of service a woman's story. Uh-huh. That's very rare and I can think of so many examples where it's the other way around. Right, right. <laughs> Remember Me kind of went into that that realm a little bit. I mean, it wasn't, you know, the male right, yeah. getting I hurt. Right, yeah. I mean, I, I think yeah. Tomb Raider has a lot of different different examples of that. There's yeah. a lot of gender equality in that game yeah, in terms yeah. of who gets hurt, who takes action, who has agency, and so forth. Yeah. That's the only game I can think of recently that has even come close. But, well, but the problem is that Tomb Raider always enters the discussion because it's kind of like one in yeah. like one. <laughs> right. I mean, that's that's the problem is that it's you keep coming back to Tomb Raider because well, there's Tomb Raider and I like Remember Me is a game that that kind of gets there, but no, I don't think very many people played. Heavenly Sword was also very pro female, yeah. pretty awesome with the the rendering from the girl from Fringe, which was also pretty <laughs> awesome. Yeah. I don't know. I'm I'm not aware of any other piece of media that uh, fails the reverse Bechtel test other than Revolution 60. Maybe there's something else out there like that. <laughs> um, but Portal, it does. I think, okay, Portal. Right? Yeah, yeah, that and would fail those. Some Metroid games. Well, what about Portal 2 with Pete Body and yeah, Atlas? Yeah, Portal 2 would. Yeah. But the first one, it would. Yeah. Well, there's only one person who speaks in the original Portal, though. So does that count? If there's not actually a conversation, if it's just one way. Uh, <laughs> I think it counts. Yeah, I do too. Also, the companion cube talks if you listen closely <laughs> enough. The cake makes a noise. Yeah. <laughs> you try to eat it. I don't know. I have a stuffed companion cube that I sometimes sleep with as an adult woman. <laughs> I do. 
We're not judging you. Yeah, thank you. Every time yeah. we go to Newberry Comics, they have a whole like shelf of Portal stuff, and my twins are drawn like moths to a flame to the oh. stuff companion cubes. And if they weren't like $75 for each one of them, I'd probably buy one for them. Really? <laughs> well, I don't know. Steve, I'll just sew you one. Yeah, we'll yeah, yeah. You can anyway, just steal Breeze. So- so yeah, Brie, I will. I don't need mine that badly. I'll go <laughs> so Bree, are you enjoying Watch Dogs on any level? I mean, on a technical level, it's it's very interesting to see the GPU tricks. So so far, I am enjoying it as a professional in the field. Sorry, what is a it, GPU? <laughs> yeah. I need graphic, to have a translation. The, the, right, right. Graphic the, the, processing unit. Okay. Right. Generally speaking, with this. Generation. I, I got that one, Georgia. I what are the that tricks one? that are with it? What is? What are these tricks? I need to so, understand. Educate so me. So if you think if you think about with eight bit, sixteen bit, thirty two bit, like generally speaking, it was an increase in power or or fidelity, right? What you're seeing with this generation isn't. It is a bigger increase in power, but one of the ways that they're making things look prettier, generally speaking, is by using programmable shaders. Like, there's a shot of the ocean that you you see in Watch Dogs, and it looks very, very um, pretty, the view of, you know, the the water. And that's not because they're going through and doing, you know, fluid dynamics and actually simulating all the water. It's because someone went through and programmed a, you know, very efficient water shader so it's these kind of tricks that you're seeing with next gen and you know more than anything really pumping up the texture memory all of the the characters like i don't know this for a fact but as someone that works in zbrush professionally it it looks to me like every single character is done with a a 4k um texture map as opposed to a 2k texture map so that's basically four times the the texture and normal map information for that so you know i'm i'm enjoying seeing this work done with more fidelity it's it's very it's it's enjoyable for me as far as it being a game it's less enjoyable for me so far so yeah, that's the part of it that concerns me is just that both the description of the actual gameplay and the description of the narrative elements don't sound appealing. And I'm like, well, without one or the other, what about this game is going to appeal to me? But sure. um, the graphics, I guess, might be the inter- <laughs> might be the answer is right. just the artistic elements. But I just wanted to say GPU once. <laughs> Now that I'm on the end. Very good. Thank you. But even Thank the graphics, you, I mean, if you're, if you're not playing it on a PS4 or an Xbox One, are, you, are the graphics even going to be that much of a draw for you? It's true. I would get it for my PC, which apparently won't run it. <laughs> <laughs> Another thing I really like about this generation was Watch Dogs was a 20 gig download. And I only had to download, I think it was 10% of it. It let me start playing it. And that was just really awesome to like sit there and buy a game and have it you know, this giant game ready to play in like 10 minutes. So I, I really enjoyed that. And that's another way that I feel like the, the Xbox is really following through this generation. So did you play it on the Xbox One? Is that what you ended up getting it for? Yeah, I did, because I think I'll probably in the long run end up playing my Xbox less than my PlayStation. So if I have to you know, fill up the hard drive, it's going to be on the system I use less. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> that's very practical. Right. There we go. Well, one system that we're not going to get to use at all for a while, it looks like, is the Steam Machine, which yeah. got delayed until 2015. And it sounds like the crazy Steam controller that they've been testing in different forms is is kind of the culprit. They uh, 
announced that they've been doing a lot of play tests and they've been getting a lot of feedback and they're going to be using it to make the controller better, which means that they basically need to go back to the drawing board. And, and I, I'm starting to kind of wonder about SteamOS at this point because I know I was really excited when they first announced it. Uh-huh. And now that it's going to be like a year and a half at minimum removed from when the Xbox One and the PlayStation 4 came out. It's kind of like, well, I would have considered getting a Steam machine if it was up against an Xbox One or a PlayStation 4, but by the time that it comes out, I'm probably going to have one or the other. And I wonder how many people are kind of in the... Obviously, there's going to be some hardcore PC gamers who are going to... This is going to appeal to, but especially given what the Steam machines that have been released have kind of looked like, which is basically dual booting anyway right i'm kind of starting to wonder if this is starting to go down go to a bad place so i have a lot of technical thoughts about this but yeah i i I guess i'd ask maddie and georgia like what do you guys think of steam machine before you know we talk technical stuff about it like is this something you're playing on buying um, okay, so my trajectory was kind of similar to Steve's in the sense that when it was first announced, I was like, that sounds really interesting. I can't wait to find out more about that. I really I really would like one. And then they sent out some prototypes to specific people. I did not get selected. <laughs> and um, and they the prototype seemed really cool as well. And that was around the same time that they were testing in-home streaming so there's a period of time when i was kind of like oh cool i can get games on my pc to run on my little macbook air that i use to bop around town and write articles when i don't want to be in my house (laughs) and it works and that's very very cool but wait if i can just stream games onto my macbook air and plug my air into my tv then what exactly do i need a steam machine (laughs) for and then the seed of doubt began to grow in me (laughs) and then i played with the steam controller at gd and I really disliked it. Really? (laughs) Uncomfortable? That was me. Well, I played it with a racing game, which is probably not the best way to use it. I found it really difficult to control a car with those controls. I wanted to play a shooter, but I, I didn't get the chance because the lines were just so long that I was like, oh, I'll play a racing game for a while because no one's interested in it. And the reason why no one was in line for that was because you really don't want to play a racing game. With <laughs> right, right. But it was interesting to try it out anyway and to kind of get a feel for it because I was intrigued by the idea of it. Have Have you all played around with it a little bit or maybe haven't had I've, re- I've read a lot about the, yeah. the frameworks behind it but mm-hmm. I've, I haven't touched one yeah I've read articles but I've and I think there were a couple places at PAX that kind of had one that you could ogle but it was the lines were you way too long touch it. Yeah. yeah I mean I I I feel like it's a controller that works better with games where mouse movement on a screen is something that you want and so having a trackpad kind of makes sense but for something like a racing game where you need really tiny movements it just didn't work because your thumbs don't want to do that on a trackpad you know what i mean yeah yeah it just seems like like when you're looking at it it just it's it's hard to understand how it's going to work Mm-hmm. You know, like you're reading it and it's one of those things like it's almost like when the 3DS first came out and they're like, well, you can't really understand what the 3DS is going to be like. You really need to come and see it and, and use it in person to, to kind of get the 3D effect. And that's kind of what I feel like with like they throw around words like haptic feedback, which nobody no no normal people know, know what that means anyway. 
And so it's like, well, you can use it to play mouse and keyboard games. Like, really? I, I don't see how that's going to work. And so it kind of feels like you have to get your hands on it. So mm-hmm. I guess n- enough people got their hands on it to know that it doesn't really work that well and they're cool. going to try to do it again. Well, also, it seemed like Valve was expecting other developers to create it, right? I mean, they they sort of decided, oh, we're not going to make the Steam consoles in-house. We're going to have other people make them, and you can buy them on an open market. And we're going to do that with the controllers, too. (laughs) And I'm not really sure that tracks as logical to me. But I don't know, Georgia. What do you think? Well, my thought, my thought on it is that you know, because it's going to be only coming out in a year and a half, and technology moves so very quickly that you know they have to be so quick ahead of the game for people to pick this up. If not, it's just going to be one of those you know extra items, and they're not going to have the same push that other people are going to have. So they have to make something that's going to be, you know, what is already out is not good enough for what's going to be happening in a year and a half from now, and that's right. why it's always kind of scary to me when they push a release date and then they say, you know what, actually, it's going to be next year. And that that mm-hmm. kind of, like, to me, smells like, you know, vaporware in the making because oh. if this isn't good enough with what you have, your specs are going to have to be so much better uh, right. in a year and a half. So, you know, we'll have to, we'll have to see. I'm, I'm always hopeful. I love new tech no matter what it is. Oh. But I don't know. I do like the, the controller looks sleek. Did it, did it feel... It felt comfortable. I, they felt comfortable in my hand. I mean, it felt like a good size. It's kind of similar size-wise to an Xbox 360 controller, which is, in my opinion, the superior controller to all controllers. <gasps> so, <laughs> oh, Bree uh, oh, wow. doesn't agree with me. Bree, <laughs> which controller do you like the best? I, I think PlayStation's the best controller by miles. You know, some people think that. It yeah. could be because of the size of my hands. Uh-huh. I don't know. Or just what I'm used to playing on. You know, Nintendo 64. That's it. (laughs) (laughs) Fair enough. Yeah, what concerns me about Steam Machine, and this is going to be very, very technical, so if this stuff bores you, you might want to skip ahead. But what, what really concerns me about Steam Machine is right now you're asking people to basically create their games in you know three or four places you want to ask them to make it for p you know ps4 now ps um you know the xbox one pc you know with the explosive growth in mac um you know i think macintosh and you know building a binary of your game that will work on macintosh is increasingly a desirable market to get out there and do it and what concerns me so deeply about the steam machine as a professional developer is it's asking me to go through and support an all-new architecture which is linux you know a minute ago i was talking about how like in the 90s DirectX kind of you know, standardized all this stuff and made it, you know, figured out how to make it so you could program for one set of standards. None of the that works on Linux. And while Unreal, you know, at least Unreal 3 technically supports Linux, you're going to have to go through there and do a lot of fiddling on the GPU level to make it work. So for me as a developer, just looking at the very basic question of development which is if I sink engineering resources into this, is it feasible that I'm going to be able to make money on it? You know, for PS4 and Xbox, um, that's, you know, it's looking like a good answer. For PC, there's a large install base. 
for Mac, there's a, a install base out there that's willing to pay for expensive hardware and you know, will pay for games. If is that going to be there for Linux? Like, is that worth going through and you know creating an entire new architecture and you know, binary of your game? And especially when the the software and hardware permutations are so wide. As a developer, it seems like a really bad idea. So when I read that they were pushing it back to 2015 this week and they're blaming it on the controller, I kind of have to read that as BS. And I think it's this larger problem of getting developers involved in the ecosystem or to actually develop games for it. Because, I mean, I don't know anyone. I don't know anyone. I know not even one person in the industry that is like, oh, Brie, you know what I crunched on this weekend was, you know, working on stuff for Linux. I just, I don't know people that do that. Can I ask a naive question, though? Yeah, Because my understanding of this, the whole reason that they were doing SteamOS was kind of to, and maybe I'm completely misunderstanding it, which is entirely possible. Uh, I thought that the whole point of SteamOS was to be like DirectX for Linux, to give like a single target that developers could go f- could go at for Linux to make it easier for them to develop for Linux and and to eliminate some of the some of the crazier configurations so that at least they could take some of those headaches out because obviously Steam needs to get divorced from Windows. I mean that's that's clearly their motivation with doing right. this is they want to have they don't want to be dependent on Microsoft and to a lesser extent on Apple, for them to be in control of their destiny. So obviously Linux is, they can do whatever the hell they want with Linux, so they're just making their own distro of Linux. But that's what I thought it was, was kind of, if you develop at this kind of narrow specification set, then we'll solve 50% of your problems or something like that. Is that not the case? Maybe if I went through and dug into it, I would come up with another answer. But from my understanding, that's... It seems to be their marketing pitch. It just doesn't seem to be the reality so much. Does that make sense to you? Yeah. Like, and, and ultimately, right. if the if the install base isn't there, it doesn't matter anyway. If nobody if nobody's installing right. it, because every even the machines that they have released, if they I don't even know if they released them or the ones that they've announced right. are all dual boot with Windows anyway. So right. what's what's the point of even running SteamOS if all the games run on Windows and nothing runs on SteamOS? I mean, I work with Unreal, so what I can and cannot publish for or you know, ship a game for is very much determined more by Epic than me. And it's not going to surprise you a bit to you know, hear that Unreal's tools for PC and consoles are more mature, better documented. There are more developers out there with experience as opposed to Linux. You know, Unreal is a very, 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 very popular engine. Maybe there are other people out there shipping games with different engines that have different answers. Like, but I can say from my point of view, it just does not make sense. Hmm. That's fair. I guess I'm wondering why the Steam box would make sense as a purchase for a consumer. Right. I, mean, I feel like yep. we've pretty deftly proven here that for developers, it doesn't necessarily make sense to develop games for it, or it's very difficult to. Mm-hmm. But I, I think it would be worthwhile for them if they knew that a whole bunch of people were going to buy it. And like, sure. oh, okay, Linux is a thing now. I guess we're all going to develop for that, right? I mean, right. That would be something that people would do if they had to. But I don't (laughs) think people want to buy it because the reason why I wanted to get it was because I thought, oh, I can play Steam games that I like to play with a controller, but I don't have to awkwardly sit in my computer chair. I can 
sit on my couch in the right. other room right. and play them on my big TV. And that made a lot of sense to me, except now I can do that because I also have a laptop in addition to a PC. Right. So what is my motivation to buy a console that is essentially a really fancy version of my laptop and will just stream games? I, I, I don't know. I don't know that that makes sense. The conspiracy theory that's always out there is Half-Life 3. Right. I mean, that's that's the conspiracy theory <laughs> is that they're going to release Half-Life 3 and they're going to make it SteamOS exclusive because it's the only thing that makes sense. And it's the only thing that's going to get people to install it. That's the only reason that there is for anybody to install SteamOS is if there is an exclusive game that you cannot put on that you cannot run on Windows or Mac. And the only company that's going to do that is Valve. Because right. no other developer in, in their right mind, unless Valve is throwing huge, like, Scrooge McDuck-sized sacks of cash at them, is going to develop for something for SteamOS and leave all that money on the table for PC and Mac. There's, they're not going to do it. So it's basically either Portal 3 or Half-Life 3 that's going to move the needle, and we haven't heard anything about that at all. Maybe... If that's what they're waiting for for their big push and that's getting delayed, obviously they're not going to say anything. Maybe that's there. And maybe I just need to take my tin ha- tinfoil hat off <laughs> and, uh, you know, go hide under the desk. Right. But, I mean, I don't see any compelling reason for anybody to install SteamOS until there's an exclusive game that compels them to do that. And Half-Life 3 and maybe Portal 3 are really the only two games that you could conceivably come up with that would get somebody to do that. But what are the costs to this machine going to be? Because I've seen like five hundred dollars, which seems like fair, and then like a thousand five hundred dollars. Right. Yeah. Well, that's what a gaming PC costs, though. I get it, but like now you're also it's it's even more exclusive. And even with one game that's going to be an amazing game, are you going to spend a thousand five hundred dollars to have a machine in order to play? Right. Probably like you need to have a whole bunch of really amazing games and a user experience that's second to none for me to spend two K on a yep. machine to play right. it with. And, I mean, me, if you're again. spending 2K on a box, at least you can you know, use it as a render farm. Use it as, you know, at least if it's on Windows, you can conceivably use it for some productivity software. Like, there's a there's an alternate use for it. Now, I guess you can dual boot it. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm past the age where I'm going to waste a Saturday <laughs> doing that stuff. But, <laughs> you know, it's... I, I wish their boil the ocean strategy worked. Like if I could wave my magic wand and they could boil the ocean and they could you know, make something that was a viable platform for PC gamers to use that didn't require Windows. That's very appealing to me. And as you said, Steve, if they can solve some of these problems, I, that's extremely attractive to me. It's just getting from here to there. It just doesn't seem like a, it doesn't seem like a, a likely mission success. If we're if we're beating up on companies, then we may as well go beat up on Nintendo. <laughs> I was going to so. yeah. As usual, we're incredibly skeptical of everyone. Oh, yes, so we hate everybody. So if we're hating everybody, we may as well hate Nintendo. I want to do a show about just stuff that we love sometimes, and just keep it super positive. I would like to do that. I am hoping against hope that when Mario Kart comes out tomorrow, as we're recording this. That it is awesome, and we can spend all of next week talking about how awesome Mario Kart is and how it's the best game that we've played all year. I, I'm 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 not I'm not being sarcastic. I'm not being a jerk. I am a hundred percent sincere that I hope that this game blows my mind. I really do. <laughs> all right, I do. I, I, I do love. I do love all the Mario Karts. So there we go. Yeah. Even the one for Game Boy Advance. I have never played it on Game Boy Advance. That must. That sounds like a horrible experience. <laughs> <laughs> 
play? You playing against your friends on the? I don't know. I guess if you could, if you hooked up the cable, yeah, you that... use the link cable. Oh, yeah. oh, I remember just sounds... trying to hold it up and get some light, like you had to on those old Game Boys. Do you remember that? Yeah, I bought a light. Never yeah. You can get that little light attachment. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. light attachment. Yes. Anyway, retro business. <laughs> All right, so so we have some good and some bad and some in between. So I guess the good news we can start out with is that they just announced today that they are releasing a GameCube controller adapter for the Wii U ahead of Super Smash Brothers. And yeah. the, the controller that they have is actually a a GameCube controller with the Smash Brothers logo on the on the front of it. So this is I, I don't know why they didn't do this before because. I, I know I had to go try to track down classic controllers for my Wiimotes just to be able to play some of the stuff on the Wii channel because the, the system didn't support them. But so it's apparently it's going to be – it looks like it's going to take both USB ports. I don't know if that – maybe that picture is just badly photoshopped. But it looks like both USB cables are going into the Wii U adapter and there's going to be four controller ports that – uh, hopefully we'll be able to accommodate the WaveBird because it looks like they're a little bit recessed and that that WaveBird uh, RF adapter is a little bit big. Yeah, so hopefully yeah. that'll work because I, I still have my WaveBird and it's my preferred controller for most of my game, most of the time that I can use the GameCube controller. But this is, for especially for Smash Brothers, this is fantastic news that they're finally coming out with this thing. I just wish I could go back in time to, you know, 2001 Brianna this buying her, her GameCube and be like, Okay, Brie, you know, I know you're going to get drunk and pass out on the couch like 800 <laughs> times with this controller, but this is going to have to last you to 2014. So treat this thing with some respect. And I would have made some different choices. <laughs> <laughs> if you had a time machine, the one thing that you would use it for. Yeah. <laughs> Save the controller. I, I have a ton of GameCube controllers still, and the buttons just get sticky after a while. I oh, could okay. probably order some new buttons and do some controller surgery on them. But, like, the C-Stick in particular, whatever material the C-Stick is made out of, has gotten yeah. very weird Louis. consistency over the years. Yeah. <laughs> the rubber just doesn't last forever. But, but C-Stick is for cheaters anyway, so <gasps> don't use the C-Stick. Wow! Oh, now that's I'm harsh, Maddie. C- 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 it's not yeah. really for cheaters, but the C stick <laughs> is an easier way to perform moves in Smash that are difficult if you use button combos. Oh. Okay, so I hear that as use the C stick. Yeah, I do too. Yes, I do too. if you are a noob, you use the C stick. Wow! I think it's. I just think it's funny that the article that we have in our little chat about this uses a C stick joke in its headline. I'm like, oh, okay. Oh. <laughs> That's what made me think of it. Anyway, yeah. um, I, I, I'm going to try to get my, my old GameCube controllers to work. We'll see. I've I'll, got like three uh, three or four of them in the basement, and I think they're all still in working order, though I haven't let the girls oh, touch yeah. them yet. So as soon as my daughters get their hands on it, I'm sure they're going to like disintegrate in their hands because that's mm. just what happens when kids touch controllers. But Yeah, I have like six or seven of those because I am an avid Smash player. <laughs> wow. So. You, you wore, you wore <laughs> out the C-Stick? I need a GameCube controller, <laughs> but not wow. all of them work. Some of them are newer than others. I'll have to do an, uh, a little test. So, Maddie, you know what's going to happen is I'm going to get Super Smash Brothers, and you're going to kick my butt all over the place. And now we're going to miss the Rev 60 ship date because I'm not going to be working on my game. I'm going to play Super <laughs> Smash Brothers. Well, Bree, you've already told me that you don't even like Smash, so... Yeah, but I am... Ooh. 
Yeah. But you're very competitive. I am very competitive <laughs> in my fighting games. So Okay. Well, um, maybe we should never play. <laughs> Let's preserve our friendship. Yeah, we should do that. <laughs> All right. So then the the kind of in between I'm still not sure if this is good or not, but so we we were talking we spent some time talking last week about uh about copyright and YouTube and apparently Nintendo has decided to acknowledge the internet, which is always a happy day. <laughs> and they are starting an affiliate program for people who are doing let's play videos based on Nintendo games. And it, uh, this, I, I don't know what to think about this. Uh, so apparently they're going to be inserting themselves into the revenue stream between Google and the video creator in exchange for not taking it down with the DMCA, which kind of sounds like that's a great let's play video you have. There would be a shame if anything were to happen to it. Uh, but yeah. I, I, so I guess the the upshot is that let's players can make more money more easily. But the bad news is that they're not going to be making as much money because Nintendo's going to have to take their share. And it just uh, this this just seems like you guys need as much advertising as you can possibly get right now. Why are you put, why are you getting yourself in the way of people who are excited about your games and want to tell other people about them? It just it it seems like like classic Nintendo that just doesn't get the internet and doesn't seem to think that this is a good thing for them in the long run. I mean, you've read console wars by yeah. now. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah, what, I that's mean, what it reminded me of. It yeah. reminded me of like 1990s Nintendo where they have to control the message at all times, at all costs. And even if what's being done benefits them, they don't care if they're not in control of it. I don't know that it's necessarily that. I think it's just no, them it's just that. being short sighted. <laughs> well, it, it is that, yeah. but I think it's just them also just being short sighted. Yeah. Uh, because this is, this is positive advertising and it's not like very many people are saying nice things about them. Like we certainly aren't regularly. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I figure they think that they can make a whole bunch of... Like, they, they just figure that their games are so good that people are going to be wanting to put out videos anyways, so they're going to might as well take a piece of the pie because it's their game that's making yeah. these videos possible. So they're they're putting themselves in the middle to make sure that they get their piece as well. But, no, I, I agree with you completely, Steve. It's not probably the smartest of things when you're getting really good advertising. It's, like, to a big company like Nintendo, it's it's small peanuts, it yeah. really is not a whole bunch of money. And I don't know, I would be spiteful and say, you know what, then just I'll, I'll put my videos somewhere else where you're not going to find it. And, uh, and I just won't make videos if you're going to suddenly give me, what did they say, Nintendo? In addition, for those who wish to use material more proactively, we are preparing an affiliate program in which a portion of the advertising profit is given to the creator. So who knows if that's 2% or 5%. Well, it's going to have to be good because YouTube already offers very little advertising revenue to people. Right. I last I heard, I could be wrong. Somebody write an angry letter to the show and correct me, please. But last I heard, it's two dollars for every thousand views. Which wow. Is really rough. So wow. I hope they've raised that. But that is the last I heard on YouTube ad revenue. Well, Nintendo's going to get one dollar of that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's okay. I. I <laughs> that's like barely any money for them and it's even less money for the person making the video and so. it costs so much to advertise you would think that they would right. be thrilled right yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah it makes no sense so maddie will you make a let's play with me about nintendo and then we'll <laughs> sign up for the affiliate and then we'll get then our we'll pile of twenty dollars and yeah. then we'll we'll burn the twenty dollars on camera <laughs> and send that to nintendo I think that part That's, of what you yeah. said might be illegal, but I'm up okay. for the rest of it. 
I mean, like the the people who get rich off of of YouTube tend to be the people who are in the millions of views. Which right. I mean, if you do that math, you're you're making at least thousands. So so you can make a livable wage, but you have to be very popular. So I I just can't imagine that this is a good choice for Nintendo because it's going to discourage smaller streamers from even bothering. Yeah. And then and then we get to the their commercial that they put on YouTube. <laughs> Whoa. Which uh, did you guys get a chance to watch this? I did not see it. Oh, oh my god. I I am I'm, I'm going to try to describe this this fever dream to you. Please. And I I I may I may pass out in the middle of it. So Ooh. if I just kind of stop talking, just, you know, kind of wake me up. But so it starts out with World 1 1. So this is a commercial for Mercedes. So apparently Nintendo has some sort of a deal with Mercedes now. There's going to be a Mercedes downloadable content in Mario Kart 8 in Japan where Mario's driving around a Mercedes in the cart, which is weird to begin with. Yeah. And then they they put out this commercial for the for some Mercedes car where it's Mario in World 1-1 and he hops into a Mercedes in, in World 1-1 and he's going through World 1-1, you know, gets the power up, goes up, f- drives up like the, the pyramid at the end of the level, flies over the castle and then lands and then he lands in the real car. And then all of a sudden, this guy gets out of the car who is like... Nightmare if, fuel, Mario. If you've seen yeah. the, the posts that come out every so often of like video game characters in real life that are just terrifying, <laughs> it's like this guy comes out and he looks... He's like aggro. And he's like this really tall guy. He looks like an involuntary cosplayer. He looks like he's going to a Halloween. He look. He's going to a Halloween party, and he's told the last minute he needs to dress up. He's like, "Fine, I'll be Mario." And he just got this sour look on his face, and his his overalls are all dirty. And then he comes out, and that's the end of the commercial. If and Mario were a serial killer, he would look like this guy. Really, what I'm saying. Really, very creepy. it is. It is terrifying, and it's like I know that they came out with with a new story a couple months ago that they were going to look into licensing out their characters some more. I don't think this is what anybody had in mind. I mean, this is just like, I don't, I don't know what they're doing and what they're, and what Mercedes is thinking, trying to sell this way, but it is just terrifying. That, that just sounds, well, Nintendo should definitely stay away from, from creepy ads. (laughs) You know, it almost, it reminds me of one of those eighties ads. Like it's just kind of, um, ooh, screenshot. I gotta go. Yeah, I, just gotta, put it in I have to see this. Yes. You you, see you, you, you we have to put it. these in the show notes because right, I am right. so excited to see. Oh, great. 16 minutes. Okay. Well, when the show's <laughs> over, I'll, I'll be looking at this that. This screenshot and is annoying. extremely powerful. So, it's a very my, high definition, Mario. It's, it's very aggro. It's, <laughs> oh, my gosh. I'm not I even. I like how I'm it's titled even. Mario Merc. <laughs> Okay, I, wait, I, I was thinking of like. <gasps> oh my god! <laughs> Isn't that horrible? Oh my god! Isn't that horrible? If that guy came to my house and tried to sell me Girl Scout cookies, I would not eat those cookies. That would. Oh, it's terrifying. He's taking the wrong kind of mushrooms. It looks like yeah. Jim Carrey on meth, and he was punched in the face. Yeah, the fake nose is not doing him any favors here. No, no, it's it's. Uh, I don't know what they're and it's, they're trying to go for like some sort of like like the the Superman and Man of Steel like outfit where Superman. where they're trying to like give him padding and make it like superhero costume or something like that. And it's just not. It's just terrifying. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> That's really scary. That's not going to make me want to buy these cars. I'll tell you that. Be careful of people yep. in Mercedes. They might look yeah, like I this. Yeah, I was about to purchase a Mercedes myself, so I guess oh, I won't. Yeah. In Japan. No, I was, was going to fly to Japan and buy a Mercedes, and now I'm not going to do that. Way to go, Nintendo. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't know why Nintendo hates Mercedes. <laughs> why do you hate fun, Nintendo? <laughs> so maybe I, Mercedes hates Nintendo. Maybe. Maybe it's like corporate sabotage. Like whose decision was this? Who's who's getting right. screwed over here? Right. I wanna I wanna see when everyone pitched this idea. <laughs> yeah, the ad meeting. Yeah. Like they were yeah, just like, super okay, drunk. So, they were crazy. So Mario's drunk. gonna yeah. be like really tough, really hardcore because Mario has such a hardcore reputation. <laughs> right, right. Exactly, right. Maddie, exactly. <laughs> That, it Good makes point. a lot of sense that it was Mario in this commercial. That's the oh. Nintendo character I would have picked. Oh, yeah. Well, we know you would have picked Kirby. <laughs> well, yes. <laughs> oh, my God. You would have bought that car then. That would have been, that Mercedes would have been sold. It would have been in pink. It would have been done. Kirby would have just spat out the Mercedes onto the ground, and then that would have been the end of the commercial. <laughs> I don't think I've ever even seen a pink Mercedes, ever. But they should make one. <laughs> With Kirby's me. face on the hood. That would be... With Kirby's eyes as the yeah. the, the lights. Well, because Mercedes, they kind of have a sort of facial look to them, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, they do. So it's perfect to be Kirby. <laughs> anyway, so I'd like to. I want to hear something. Like this whole show has been us blasting Steam Machine and Nintendo. <laughs> yeah, and this guy's looks. Like I want to hear some something positive. I want to hear something positive. I like, like bubblegum. Do you like bubblegum? Okay. Okay. Well, should we start talking about what we're playing? Yeah, maybe yeah. we played something. Let's maybe we that. played something good this week. Maybe yeah, that'll, yeah. that'll work out. All right. So, so well, Bree, since you want to talk about something good, what do you want? Do you want to start? What do you? What are you playing this week? I played. Um, I played. She a, played Watch Dogs. She already I did. Told us she I did. Hated. So I'm not going to talk about that. Um, <laughs> Assassin's Perfect. Creed Black Flag. Uh, <clears throat> can't really say anything positive about that. Um, <laughs> Uh, pass. Why are you being so negative, Bree? Uh, I'm gonna have to. You're gonna I'm have sorry. to mute my audio. <laughs> sorry. I can pick it up. Um, right. I my my homework assignment was to play Transistor, and I'm oh. so guilty that I totally never did. Oh. I bought it and then I never even played it. I installed oh. it and everything. Instead, I played more Kirby. But also, also, I replayed um, a game that is still really great. I replayed um, Analog a Hate Story and Hate Plus, which are Christine Love games that I played uh, whenever they came out, and they're still really good. And I didn't really remember them because they're so text heavy and there's so much lore in those games. I love those I had games. Forgotten the stories. Yeah. So I was playing them again just because I wanted something to play that was just you know, I could just kind of zone out. Uh-huh. <laughs> and it's almost like reading a book. I I, I I hate to say that about a text adventure kind no, of No it game, is. But it's That's true. totally what Christine Love makes. Yeah. For someone who's never even heard of these games, I'm I'm ashamed to admit, can you just Oh like, wow. Okay. Yeah. Um well it's sort of like playing with the trope of dating sims, except that it's they're very dark games, I would say. Yeah. And uh, you sort of you are a space explorer and you can be whatever gender you want. You don't have a character model or anything because all of the gameplay is text-based. You know what I'm going to ask you, Maddie? You're a panda. You okay, play as a panda. You. So um, 
you're a panda and you're traveling in space and um, you come across an abandoned spaceship and there are two AIs on board who you can interact with. You can flirt with them because they're very, it's, it's in a distant future when robots are, have human-like qualities and can love and can hate. And so you, you have these two different robots and you talk to them and I, I don't know, I don't really want to give anything away because I just find the game to be so cool and the world is, is so neat. It's very there, well written. It too. sounds yeah. interesting. And there is, it's, hmm. there is one part of analog that will just completely throw you, or at least it threw me the first time I played. It's like you're playing along and you're like, oh yeah, okay, this game doesn't really have any uh, hurry up and, and mash a button elements. It's, oh. it's very slow. I can kind of play at my own pace. And then all of a sudden, right. halfway through the game, you have to do a sort of skill-based mini game that is kind of scary every time I get to it when I play the game over and over because the game, you kind of have to play it over and over to get all the different endings. So um, you have to suddenly make a really quick decision and figure some stuff out and then the game kind of goes back to being text-based again. So Uh it's it's unusual. And then Hate Plus is a direct sequel that is with the same characters. The AIs that you interact with are, are female, and they're they're uh-huh. very well written. They're fleshed out characters. Like Christine Love, if you follow her on Twitter, she's insane, but she's funny. I, so yeah, she's yeah, hilarious. yeah, she's great. I don't know. It's it's a good game. People should definitely play it. Yeah, and the soundtrack is really incredible. Uh-huh. Isaac Shankler did the music, and I have it on my iPhone. Oh. It's very very good. <laughs> so I recommend basically everything about it, and it's it's a good game to play if you don't want to have to worry about doing something really fast until all of a sudden you will have to, but then it'll get slow again. Anyway, what have you been playing, Georgia? (laughs) I have been playing, one is They Breathe. They Breathe? They Breathe. And this is like a pure adventure, platform, puzzle, horror, single player kind of game where you play a frog, but really you have to play the game. It's very... Interesting. <laughs> it's interesting. What it's platform sh- is it for? You, you, I, I got it on Steam, so you okay. know you can you can just play it on your PC. It's it was really a lot of fun and interesting, and it's a short game. I think like it was a dollar ninety nine. It, it's it's but it's a really cute. I enjoyed it quite a lot. It was a really interesting game. A it's little very creepy. painterly. The art style. It is. It is. Yeah. It's like hand drawn kind of you uh-huh. know uh, pencil drawing look to it, and. It has a creep-esque factor. The music's really good, and you have to uh, turn down brightness on your computer so that you can barely see it, which makes it really neat. And it was kind of fun and interesting at the same time. So you can take a look if you're interested for something short, cute, and creepy. And it's a shooter? No, it's um, a puzzly adventure oh, game. Oh, okay. I don't know. So kind of like Limbo a little bit? I haven't played Limbo. So like a like a puzzle platformer type of it's yeah, it looks not like a puzzle like platformer. Puzzly, puzzly. Yeah. It's kind of adventure with a little puzzle in it, and they they don't tell you what you have to do. You have to kind of figure out what are the right okay. things. But it's not like a, a regular puzzle. I'd say more of an adventurous kind of game. Yeah. If you're kind of getting a a look to it, but it was kind of neat. I have to say, it was kind of neat. And then yeah, it looks interesting. Yeah, it's it's different. And then on my iPhone, I'm playing Panda Jam. Uh, and that is a <laughs> I am uh. and in this game what you have to do is you are a panda baby and you have to break the blocks underneath you uh, as the mean monkey sends more blocks uh, so that you can get to the ground and uh, reach your mommy 
I don't believe you that this is a real game. Oh, oh, look it up. It's Panda Jam. Wait, I'll put the... Uh... I feel like George's deadpan is such that she could have just completely <laughs> invented a panda-themed game, and I oh. would have just had to believe yeah, her because yeah, yeah. I don't... I never know. I'm, I'm going to send you... Know. I'm going to tweet out... I'm tweeting out a screenshot of me playing Panda Jam. Okay, okay. Did you only did you only play it because because of our intense love of pandas on this show? No, I was I was actually dying to play this game for a long time, and I'm completely okay. lying. Um, <laughs> and then I am also playing Black, and it's like Black. That's that's the way that you pronounce it properly. It's amazing. I love this game. It's Kind of like Hundreds, it's a puzzle game where it's got some of the neatest sound effects, which you probably won't be able to hear. But it's got these all these specific sound effects. It's a really simplistic game where you have to draw a line on the screen, and then that line continues afterwards, and you try to hit out these different balls, uh, dots, oh. colored dots in the game, which make little cute sounds. Really, really cute, kind of fun, and I'm uh, addicted to it, so... You can see Aww. what level you guys are at, and we'll try to beat each other. Did you see Two Dots today, Georgia? I did not. The The sequel to... Dots. Dots, yeah. <laughs> I love I Dots. I saw you tweeting about it, Steve. What is it exactly? It's, it's This is not the game that I was planning to talk about this week, but it's just kind of like another one of these free-to-play games. It's from uh, Betaworks, who own, I think they own Instapaper, and... It's kind of Candy Crush-like. It's been sending me push notifications that annoy me, but uh, apparently Dots was not so bad as far as the, the in-app purchases go, so I'm willing to give it a shot. How do you spell it? I guess two, it's, one, it's one word, oh, two, two okay. dots sp- spelled out. And uh, this will probably end up crossing your crossing your path sooner or later one way or the other. But, okay, I got um, it. So it's just kind of like you have to make a line to connect as many of the colored dots as you can and then clear away a certain number of, of each color on each stage, and then it lets you go up to the next stage. And, you know, it's got the extra life mechanics and everything else, but it's supposedly they're not as bad as King, so I'm, I'm kind of hearing them out. Oh. Okay, downloading. That was not what I was planning to, to talk about. I, act, I got the new Wolfenstein game. Ooh. Oh, and? So I and, and I will preface this by saying that I have been extremely burned out on first-person shooters for about a year now. Ever since Bioshock Infinite, I have not been able to pick up a, a first-person shooter for more than like fifteen minutes, huh. and I've been I, I've been really hooked on it. Actually, really, it's really, it's the the thing that I like about it is that I think they completely left out multiplayer entirely. So yeah, they, they did. just focused on the single-player campaign, and the game really it, it does well with it. And it's more of an old school, like they stuck to the old school Wolfenstein. Uh, mechanics where you don't get your your life recharging with a shield like you get you have amount of health that goes down you have to get med packs to to mm. uh, to bring it back up you can carry as many weapons as you want and there's a little bit of a stealth mechanic in it that is not overly oppressive like in Assassin's Creed or, or Dishonor but it kind of adds a little bit of strategy to it hmm. and I, I'm playing it on the PS3 and I can kind of tell normally I can't graphics don't you know, as long as I can see what I'm doing, I'm fine. But I can kind of tell that this is kind of pushing PS3 a little bit too far. Like, I, I really would rather play this on a PS4 or an Xbox One if I had one, because like some of the some of the the cutscenes are kind of stuttery a little bit, and you can tell that kind of the the audio's 
not a hundred percent lining up with the video every once in a while, but but I I've played probably about five hours into wow. it now, and wow. it's uh it's really kind of grabbed me. And the story is, I mean, it's not it's not War and Peace. But it's, but but the story is engaging enough to keep me along, which is pretty much what I need in a first-person shooter. Is I need the story to at least capture my attention for long enough to be able to stick with it. But it's I'm I'm actually I I had zero expectations. I had zero interest until like the the day that it came out. And I started reading the reviews, and then I just picked it up, and I've been really pleasantly surprised by it. Hmm. Hmm. It it looked very interesting when I looked at it because I I think the problem with first person shooters is it's just they seem like serious Sam sometimes like you're just blasting things but it yeah. seemed like they had really built a compelling universe and it you know in jettisoning you know multiplayer it looked like it was going to be a um, it, it looked like an interesting take on Wolfenstein so. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. mean the the whole the, it's set in like 1960 after the Nazis win the war, so it it's got some interesting ideas of kind of like what that alternate alternate history would look like, and they uh, go into some of the you know there's some some stuff. It's it's not a pleasant game to play at times because there is some disturbing imagery, and so if you're sensitive to that, it might not be a great idea. Like there's a there's a scene with the incinerators pretty early on in the game. Hmm. So, and supposedly I haven't gotten to it yet, but supposedly there's a scene in a concentration camp, which I'm not really looking forward to. Right, right. But you know, I'm in as much as you can enjoy the story. I'm, I'm, in, I am enjoying it quite a bit, more than I thought I would. So I huh. would, I mean, I'll, I'll see. You know, it could completely go off the rails between now and the end of the game. I think I'm about a third of the way through, from what I can tell. So, if it goes south, then I'll come back and uh, have a mea culpa. But it, so far, I'm enjoying it. Cool. Hmm. All right. So I think that's going to uh, to do it for us. You can always find the show notes at isometricshow.com. Uh, you can send us email to feedback at isometricshow.com. Uh, one thing, if you are enjoying the show, if you could take a minute to uh, leave us a review over at iTunes, it would really help us out and helps more people be able to find us. And uh, you can also follow the show at Isometric Show. And you could follow me. I am at Wicked Good. And Brie, where can people find you? Uh, Space Cat Gal. And Maddie? I'm Samus Clone on Twitter. And Georgia? It's at Georgia underscore Dow. All right. So uh, thank you very much for listening, and uh, we'll catch you next week. Have a good one.